Halfway through the legislative session with several controversial bills on the line, along with new controversy over the Attorney General's trip to the border. We'll talk with the AG one-on-one and with the Senate sponsor of the controversial curriculum bill, who tells us why she wants to make changes. All that, plus I'll talk with U.S. Senator Todd Young and one of his potential opponents, Hammond Mayor Tom McDermott, right now on this week's edition of In Focus. That we have the resources to weather this storm. What we really need is cooperation. State officials responding to this past week's massive winter storm. The National Guard also called in to help deal with the impact of the winter weather we saw across the state. Hope you're staying warm as things finally calm down again. Today we're also following the latest from the State House, where lawmakers are back this coming week for the second half of this year's legislative session. House Bill 1001 moving over to the Senate. That bill would limit what private employers can do with vaccine mandates. There's House Bill 1116, which limits who can vote absentee. And a number of controversial bills dealing with education and school curriculum, including House Bill 1134. This week, our Kristen Eskow spoke with the Senate sponsor of that bill, who says she's planning to make some changes. I'll be working on it in the Senate. It will have, in my opinion, significant changes. And um, I've been talking to, like I mentioned, countless teachers. I'm a former teacher, and I'm looking at it through the lens of the teacher, the administrator, and the parent, and hoping that at the end, the legislation will uh, be something that everyone can look at and say, this improves education. So you expect that bill will get a hearing? I expect at this point, yes, um, but as I mentioned, I don't see it looking the same as it came out of the house. Um, Do you know yet what changes might be? I, I'm still working on it. So um, at this point, I'm happy to share once they're completed and uh, uh, working with numerous groups to get feedback because um, I'm one that likes to listen to the concerns of everyone and ensure that it's making a positive impact, not a negative one. All right. This week, Kristen also spoke with Attorney General Todd Rokita, who's dealt with some criticism about his recent trip to the border, a trip he acknowledges was taxpayer funded. He says he drove down to Texas and on the way back also attended a Trump rally. This week, Kristen asked him about that trip to the border. Indiana Attorney General Todd Rokita returning from his second trip to the southern U.S. border in three months. This border issue, this, this non-enforcement of our sovereign rights as a country isn't just an issue for border states, it's an issue for all states. Rokita says the purpose behind the travel is to investigate illegal immigration's impact on Indiana, particularly when it comes to issues like human trafficking and the drug epidemic. We're uncovering more and more evidence that shows that they're carrying fentanyl that can kill everyone in this state 10 times over. Rokita confirmed the late January trip was paid for with state funds, but says no taxpayer money was spent inappropriately. He points out he drove to and from Texas. Do you believe that's an appropriate use of taxpayer dollars to make those trips to the border? Absolutely. I'm the chief law enforcement officer and legal officer here in the state of Indiana. So absolutely. When you have, these, when you have the federal government not doing its job, 
I think the states have to do their job. During the trip, Rokita announced a multi-state lawsuit against the Biden administration to try to end a federal program that brings children to the U.S. from some Central American countries. Meanwhile, the Indiana Democratic Party is calling on Rokita to reimburse the state for his travel to the border. Hoosier taxpayers should not be footing the bill off of his selfish political agenda. Party spokesperson Drew Anderson says he believes the AG abused his office, arguing trips like these should be left to federal officials, not state leaders. For these kind of trips, uh, it should be a congressional uh, elected official uh, that, in my view, has the uh, has the jurisdiction to make those trips. From the Indiana State House, I'm Kristen Escal. Still waiting to hear back more about the cost there. We'll hear more from the AG next week on his legal battle with Google and more about his back and forth with the governor over COVID numbers coming up later. This week, we also heard from Indiana Senator Todd Young. I asked him about a number of topics in the news, including the Supreme Court, the midterm elections, and the Winter Olympics now underway in Beijing. I know that Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party hope that uh, these Olympic Games will be a weeks-long infomercial for their slaveholder state, and I intend uh, to highlight some of their bad behavior. And, and so I've been doing that in recent days through a social media campaign called Beijing Behaving Badly, hashtag Be Beijing Behaving Badly, where we underscore uh, some of their worst violations like forced abortions, forced sterilization, uh, use of forced labor uh, to make Olympic gear, uh, to censor the internet uh, for our athletes, and, and even to crack down on journalists who might ask probing questions about uh, this regime. I think it's really important that uh, we cheer on our athletes, but at the same time, we have to provide context to these games. Obviously, right now, a, a lot of concerns about Russia's potential aggression along the Ukrainian border. Are, are we taking the right approach to prevent a disaster there? Well, listen, th there are things I think we could do better. I, th I think we could have moved more quickly uh, to providing lethal arms. I, I, I wished we had more success bringing together some of our allies. Some of that's a function, candidly, of our weak uh, and uh, non-consultative withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, but I think we did the right thing by sending troops into uh, Poland and Romania to help deter uh, further aggression. And we need to continue to show strength. At this point, your plan is really important and we need to have a clear plan. But we also just need to portray strength because there are real questions about that around the world right now. Soon the president will be nominating a Supreme Court justice. That nominee will, of course, be in front of the Senate for confirmation hearings. And, and certainly the court could be front and center this midterm election years. Some in your party have been critical of the president's plans uh, to nominate a black woman to the court. Others, like Lindsey Graham, saying he, he'd support uh, one possible candidate in particular, Judge Michelle Childs. Uh, will there be some Republican support for the president's nominee? Where, where do you stand in that process? Listen, if the president chooses someone who uh, is, is a real straight shooter and, and uh, they have a documented history and longtime history of applying the Constitution as written and the statutes as written to a given case, uh, I think you'll see a lot of Republicans supporting that nominee. Um, I, I think there is certainly skepticism that that is going to be the president's approach. Nonetheless, uh, each of us has an advise and consent role to play uh, in the United States Senate, and uh, I take that seriously. So I will enter this with an open, open mind, but I'll be scrutinizing whomever the president nominates.
And like we said, it is an election year. Your potential opponents uh, getting signatures in place and turned in ahead of the filing deadline. You've raised a lot of money for your reelection bid. What kind of a campaign will this be in the months ahead? I hope it's a campaign about ideas, uh, about our uh, ideas, about where the country should be headed. Should we continue to allow millions of people streaming across our southern border? I have strong convictions about that. Uh, what should we do uh, about the uh, existential uh, challenge that our country faces as it relates to China? How do we get our economy under control, the prices in particular that uh, are pinching people at the pump and as they go to the grocery store? These are some of the issues that I hear Hoosiers talking about on a regular basis. So uh, these will be the, the, the stuff of my campaign. All right, my interview there with Senator Todd Young. This week, I also spoke with one of Young's potential opponents in the race for Senate, Hammond Mayor Tom McDermott, who officially filed for the race this past week, turning in the required signatures from voters across the state. Uh, what's it going to take to be competitive in, in a red state like Indiana, particularly with Senator Young's significant fundraising advantage? Yeah, no doubt Senator Young has a significant fundraising advantage. It's something I have to deal with. Um, first off, you know, I have to figure out if I have a primary opponent or not. I think to be competitive with Todd Young, going back to your first question, having an unchallenged primary would be the first logical step, you know, so that that person, in this case, it would be me, would be able to save up my campaign fund so that I could not waste it in the primary and just focus it on Todd Young in November. Uh, some might point to, to various uh, jokes you've made through the years on social media <laughs> or on your podcast and ask questions about you know, whether you have the discipline for a Senate campaign like this, how would you respond to those who might have those kinds of doubts? It's a fair question. I mean, and I do, and I'm, I'm determined to be 100% authentically Tom McDermott. And I, I'm a good person. I work hard. My residents love me. I work hard for them. And, and I think part of the problem when people run for higher office, like I'm running for is they change as a person and they become fake. And I'm determined not to let that happen to me, Dan. I'm I'm a good person. I'm an honest person. I'm a hardworking person. And, I want, and Hoosiers are good, honest, hardworking people. And quite frankly, just because, you know, I, I'm a Democrat and just because some people may call themselves Republican doesn't mean that we're not on the same team when it comes to, you know, the issues confronting our country. More of that interview on our website. Coming up, we'll talk about the Senate race with our panel. We'll also get their thoughts on the AG's trip to the border and what he's saying now in his back and forth with the governor about COVID-19 numbers. And later, a new way for you to see what INDOT snowplows are doing in real time. Stick around. We'll be right back after this. All right, as promised, now more of Kristen Eskow's interview with Attorney General Todd Rokita, doubling down this week when asked about the back and forth he had with the governor about the state's COVID numbers, which again have been dropping here in recent days. You got into a bit of a back and forth with Governor Holcomb a few weeks ago about COVID-19 statistics. And when talking about you and the statements you made, he said, quote, he could very simply clear it up and say very clearly one sentence, I believe the numbers that come out of the Indiana State Department of Health. Are you willing to make that statement today? Well, no one in their right mind is because not 24 hours after he said that, we had the governor of New York backtrack her numbers. Uh, we had the CEO of One America say four, deaths are on the rise 40% regardless of COVID numbers. Uh, we've had other uh, institutions and people come out and say, no, in fact, the CDC itself said not hours after that, after the governor's statement, that they were going to have to redo their numbers for exactly the reasons I stated. So it's not a tit for tat for the governor or not. I just think it's, it was a, a ridiculous statement, a uh, demand for him to make. Do you doubt the credibility of the health department? 
Yeah, no, it's not about the health department. I, I, I completely agree that the health department is able to paste and copy and add <laughs> the numbers it gets from hospital systems and then accurately pass those on to the CDC, but it's all in how those numbers are created is the issue. And uh, so, no, I don't, I don't question the Department of Health's arithmetic ability, but until they're saying that they're auditing these hospitals on a case-by-case -case basis to show uh, that the diagnoses were good in the first place, then everyone, not just Todd Rakita, everyone is going to have these doubts. Now, we should point out the AG has not offered any specific proof of any issues with the state's numbers. Let's talk with our panel now. Robin Winston, Mike Murphy, Laura Wilson, Adam Wren. Adam, the AG kind of doubling down there on this battle with the governor over COVID numbers, uh, while he also deals now with this controversy we mentioned earlier over his trip to the border uh, that the AG's office paid for with state funding. Yeah, Dan, it seems like the most dangerous place uh, in Indiana is between Todd Rokita and a 2024 campaign stop or uh, proximity to Donald Trump. Uh, he's really turned virtually every opportunity he's had as Indiana's attorney general into a potential launch pad to either a Senate campaign in 2024 if Mike Brown decides not to run for re-election or a gubernatorial campaign. Um, he's really po politicized the office of Indiana attorney general in a way that we've not seen in the history of the state. Laura, this is just the latest here in a long feud between the attorney general and and Governor Holcomb. It is. Uh, and I have to say, this feels like the silliest fight one could pick, though I agree with Adam's assessment. There's probably a long term goal on the horizon. Uh, but, but this builds to that friction. And it's interesting in the way the Indiana Constitution is laid out. You don't have to have a friendship between your attorney general and your governor, but it works uh, your executive branch works well when your executive branch works well together and to not see that happen um, and, and certainly to see this kind of manifest uh, tells you a lot about Indiana politics right now. Robin, what do you make of this latest controversy about the AG's office paying for his trip to the border and then the attorney general making a stop on the way back uh, at a Trump rally? Well, first off, I was fortunate enough to be state chairman when Frank O'Bannon was governor. The governor meticulously separated state funds from campaign funds, reimbursed every single penny all the way through, no matter where he went, whether it was Ulytic, Bedford, wherever he went, he always reimbursed. Todd should reimburse. Solve that. That's an easy one. Driving doesn't diminish that you, that you use taxpayer dollars. The other thing is the rotunda is a pretty big place. Wouldn't it be great if the governor and the attorney general walked out and met in the middle of the rotunda? Because we have tens of thousands of Hoosier families that have lost loved ones. Those are the numbers that Todd should keep in mind on this COVID thing. Mike, your, your response to what Robin said there? Well, first of all, I, I think that um, the, politi the politicization of the Attorney General's office certainly has been um, more obvious with uh, Attorney General Rakita than it has been in the past. He's, he's kind of uh, going down the, the track of Dan Burton um, when Dan was in Congress. You know, there isn't a single issue that he can't turn into a press release or, or, or a taxpayer, uh, taxpayer paid for trip. The fact that he drove, all that means is he probably spent more of the taxpayer's money on fast food along the way than a two hour plane flight would have taken. Um, but there are there are remedies for that. And I'm not suggesting that he's done anything criminal or anything like that. But if somebody feels um, offended, so to speak, um, because their money was spent that way, they can they can file a complaint to the inspector general. Um, there are 
law enforcement um, investigatory abilities yeah. that uh, can be uh, used to look into these kinds of things. So um, nobody is above the law, not Todd Rakita, not, not uh, Governor Holcomb, not myself, not anybody. And so I think this will play out uh, you know, for some time to come. We'll see what happens. The attorney general again saying that it was not an inappropriate expense. Uh, we also heard earlier from Senator Todd Young as the race for Senate kicks into high gear. We're past the filing deadline now. Senator Young with a lot of money in his campaign coffers, Adam. And he told you this week he, he feels really confident about this race, perhaps for pretty good reason. Yeah, he said he's never felt more confident about a reelection bid uh, in his political career, which includes races uh, in the House. And on the Democratic side, uh, you know, Thomas McDermott only having, you know, roughly $50,000 cash on hand. That, that is uh, problematic. That is that it would be difficult to win a state house seat uh, with, let alone uh, a statewide seat. And so if he is really going to be an, a, a serious candidate, he really needs to improve his fundraising operation. And Laura, obviously, this is a year where Republicans generally have a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the midterms. They do. Oftentimes we look at congressional midterms as the president's party being punished. Uh, they've been in office for two years. Inevitably, the president can't get done everything he said he'd campaign on. And that's true for every president. And thus, uh, voters respond. Uh, so Republicans are in a good position here. I think specifically with Todd Young, uh, he's been very good in the Senate. It's, he's hard to criticize. He knows his base. Um, he works well with others. <laughs> I think there are a lot of things there that for him specifically as a candidate should make him feel good, but also gives a lot of confidence to the Republican Party right now. Robin, how will a Democratic candidate like Tom McDermott approach this race as a heavy underdog? Well, there was a woman named Glenda Ritz who ran against a guy named Tony Bennett, and she beat him. So it isn't always about money. Getting your message out is very, very important. If Tom McDermott can get his message out about the resurgence of Hammond, new high schools, scholarship programs for residents who live in the community, what he's doing now to reshape their downtown, what he's doing as a leader in Northwest Indiana and get that out across the state, then he can be competitive in this race. And of course, a lot of dynamics here this midterm election year in terms of former President Trump. You have more activity now with the January 6th commission. Just this week, Mike, you heard from the former vice president speaking down in Florida, talking about how President Trump said that, that Pence had the right to overturn the election. And in pretty firm words here, the former VP Mike Pence saying Friday, quote, President Trump is wrong. I had no right to overturn the election. The presidency belongs to the American people and the American people alone. How do you see all of that playing out here as both Trump and Pence and others consider a potential run for president in 2024? Well, it's way too early to, to uh, prognosticate about that, Dan. And if I were that smart, I'd be, you know, I'd be on Fox National News. <laughs> but uh, I will say that, uh, you know, Pence has been consistent. I think he's one of the two most courageous uh, politicians, public service of, of 2021. Um, and I think the other one was, uh, it was and continues to be Joe Manchin. I think that Pence has a guiding moral light uh, that governs him. And uh, I think he's going to be consistent with that. Now, whether the voters, you know, in 2024, um, you know, give him the nod in a what will be a very contested primary with or without Trump, you know, nobody, nobody knows that yet. Adam, what do you make of the former VP's comments on Friday? 
Well, I would differ a little bit with Mike and say that actually this is sort of a new consistent break in language that Pence is using here. Um, you know, in the past, he, he was saying he, he said they'd, they'd never see quite eye to eye on that day. Uh, but this is the first time that he has used the word wrong uh, to say uh, to, to respond to President Trump. And so I think this is a new and forceful break. Uh, that we've seen from him. Uh, and we also know from reporting this week from Washington Examiner that he's really you know, targeting South Carolina as a state ahead of 2024, where okay. he thinks he can make inroads okay. with social conservatives and potentially right. be competitive in a primary. Okay, Adam and the rest of our panelists, thanks. They'll be back here in a few minutes. Coming up next, INDOT has a new view of the winter weather and a new way for you to see what their snow plows are doing in real time. We'll tell you about it next. Well, for the first time this winter, INDOT is letting Hoosiers get a look at how they plow the roads during this winter weather. Officials launched their camera system this past week in the height of the winter storm that came our way. They say it's a big help in seeing which areas need work and which ones have been plowed already. It's a good idea to look at them um, a while before you go, so you know how long it's going to take, so you know what things to look out for, um, to know if there's even wheel paths in your in your route. Um, and if there aren't, I, I would hope that some people would maybe choose a different route um, that looks a little better or uh, maybe is more heavily traveled. Now you can view those real-time images from the cameras on INDOT's website. Stick around. We're back with this week's winners and losers after this. All right, time for this week's winners and losers. Laura, you're up first. Well, Friday was the filing deadline, so I'd say we'll know who the winners and losers are, of course, in May. But to me, all the people choosing to run for public office are winners. It's very difficult, and it should be commended. Robin. Uh, Mike Murphy and the people at the Indiana Historical Society, great exhibit on Madam C.J. Walker. Please go see it. See real history right here. All right, let's go to Mike next. Mike. Thank you, Robin. The winner has to be Liz Cheney. Uh, the January 6th was uh, not political discourse. It was an insurrection boring on a coup attempt. And she's one of the few Republicans to stand up to the insurrection. Adam. My loser this week actually turned into a winner by the end of the week. Senator Todd Young, who is Kurt with the military.com reporter, saying his constituents didn't read that publication, and so he wouldn't respond to her questions. And then within hours called her to apologize. We could use more political grace like that in the system. All right, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you again on next week's edition of In Focus.